0: podcast series. This is Alator Shujan, your host and a chief medical resident at the University of Connecticut Internal Medicine Residency. The academic year had started and we thought having a welcome from the Chiefs episode could be a nice way to start your year. Here with me, I have David and Song from Hartford Hospital. I have Marissa from St. Francis Hospital and I have uh, Sean from Yukon. We were all in your shoes not too long ago and can remember how overwhelming the beginning of intern year can be. And this episode is meant to answer some of the frequently asked questions over some tips and tricks on how to make the best of your residency training. Before we begin, let's get a quick disclaimer out of the way. All opinions and views expressed on our podcast are entirely the responsibility of the authors and do not necessarily represent the opinions or views of anyone else, including our staff, faculty, residents, fellows, or students of the Department of Medicine at UConn. Alright, so we're going to do it in a question and answer format, so I'm going to ask our chief some questions and they can help us answer and hopefully we'll address all the topics. Alright, let's start with first question. What is a cold block versus non-cold block?
1: Hi everyone, my name is Song from Hartford Hospital. So a cold block is anything that is usually inpatient, whether it be an ICU block or wards block. Where a non-call is more so an elective, where it's more office hours if you think about it, 8 to 5 p.m. and with weekends off as well.
0: All right, next question. How many days off do I get during my call block versus non-call block? What are golden versus gray versus black weekends? I feel like this is the most popular question. Take it away, Dave.
2: Hey, this is David from Hartford Hospital. So essentially, the four days off in 28 is your expectation during a call block, meaning... On average, every four weeks, you'll have at least four days off. Now, you may ask, is that just one day off a week? That's not always necessarily the case. So you will usually at our institution have some form of golden weekend, which is two days off consecutively, which means a Saturday and Sunday. One black weekend, which is you work the entire seven-day stretch. So that's like a 12-day stretch in total, right? Because after the first week, you then go back into your wards or ICU workflow throughout monday through friday and then you have two gray weekends two gray weekends are obviously what's left of of the call schedule which is two weekends in which you work either a saturday or sunday and you have the other weekend day off usually with your black weekends your golden weekend typically either precedes it and that way we kind of try to uh, offload some of the the stress of that long stretch
0: thank you dave
3: all right now on to the next question How many electives do I get per year? Hi, this is Marissa, one of the chiefs over at St. Francis. So you'll typically get two electives during your intern year that are spaced out throughout the year. You do have the opportunity to select them ahead of time, so you can choose electives for your area of interest or things that you might want to do for fellowship. All right, I'm going to be taking the next question.
0: What is a scholarship rotation? So scholarship rotation is offered in your intern year and it will be four weeks long during that rotation you will have a uh, one week of your continuity clinic uh, where you'll spend a week at your ambulatory site and you'll see patients with your attendings one of the weeks will be women's health so you'll have a uh, better exposure to women's health in general And then the remaining two weeks are spent on scholarly work, and this is the time that you can dedicate to quality improvement projects and learn how to do research a bit more in depth. All right, let's do the next one. When would you recommend that I take step three or complex three?
4: Hi, everyone. This is Sean from UConn. I think this is a question that kind of varies dependent on time, time being the key factor here. And as we know, we're residents, we go through intern year, we go through residency, and Time isn't always something that we have. So I think there are different techniques for, for what is the best time. There are some people who like to get it out of the way and do it before they actually start residency. Again, those are people who have that time. However, I would suggest trying to get it done within your first year. The reason being, a lot of the topics that are covered during intern year are things you're going to get tested on in the boards. All those clinical cases you would have seen multiple times. So maybe to the back end of the year, when you're hopefully on a non-call block, you're able to get through all these question banks and you feel comfortable that you're able to get all this rest and ready to give all your energy to this exam.
0: Thanks, Sean. Actually, connecting back to the previous question, I feel like most of the interns our year at least took their step three or complex three during their scholarship block. If you have it after second half of the year, that's probably a good time to take away and dedicate it to some quality studying. All right, let's go on to the next one. When should I determine the fellowship I want to pursue? The answer to this question varies. The earlier, the better, of course, but it's perfectly natural to change your mind if you find your passion later on in your intern year, even second year for some specialties. So don't feel discouraged if you found your passion later in your training, should it be even second year. It is very important to find the right mentor, which I'll leave for Song to discuss, but feel free to reach out to any of us if you have any particular interest and we'll help you find those mentors. All right, question for Song. How do I find the right mentor?
1: So finding the right mentor may be a little difficult. Just as you're starting intern year, you meet a lot of different attendings and fellows as well, but the right mentor would be someone that you're comfortable with on a personal and a professional level and someone that has worked with you and knows your work ethic at the end of the day their mentors will also become a close friend someone that you can go to to ask questions and ask advice Um they can also guide you along the way for your fellowship applications as well
0: all right thank you song our next question is directed to dave what are some leadership opportunities in residency so if you could just walk us through that that would be great
2: yeah of course so throughout the 3 years here or or 4 if you're lucky enough or to to be a chief here really the two main factions that we use for a leadership positions at UConn work usually in close concert with one another the first one I'm I'm the chief overseeing the residency council now the residency council you can think of is kind of like a student council of of the residency the members are selected by previous Residency Council members as well as the overall resident body. The thought is, is that we provide a direct liaison between the residents and the administration to bring up any of the changes that the residents as a whole want to enact positively at our program. Now, peer review or peer support, as you're going by uh, more frequently here, is essentially this very similar to Residency Council setting that it's a bunch of residents who are, are chosen by their peers, but they essentially oversee some of them. Many complex uh, social, uh, health, and uh, mental health issues uh, that may go on across a residency on a day-to-day basis, and uh, kind of give their uh, recommendations to the residency council, the chiefs, as well as administration on how to proceed uh, with these uh, with these types of situations. Finally, probably the, the most apparent uh, leadership position at the residency is obviously the chief position, and in that position. You essentially do mostly administrative work for the program, and you're kind of the glue that holds the program together with administration and the residents. Now, that being said, uh, just if you don't happen to be in one of these groups, it doesn't mean that you can't be a leader on the floors in the ICU or or in the ambulatory setting. Uh, Leaders don't always have to be defined by a title, and we certainly encourage all of our residents to embellish the qualities that one would expect.
0: Thank you, Dave. All right, our next question
3: is about specialty tracks offered in residency. So I'm going to have Marissa answer that. So one of the nice things about our program is it offers several different tracks, kind of separate from our day-to-day activities as residents, where we can further develop our interests. So some of the tracks that we have, we have the office-based medicine track for those who are interested in practicing in more of an outpatient or primary care setting post-residency We also have the clinician educator track for those who are thinking more of medical education or just want to develop their teaching skills further. We also have the clinical research track, which is a newer track, but a great opportunity to get really involved in research, especially more at the clinical level. And then we also have the health equity track for those who want to work and target issues related to health disparities. So we have a lot of different tracks to choose from you don't have to sign up ahead of time it's something you could consider throughout your intern year and reach out to the attendings who head up the specific tracks throughout the year thank you marissa all right our next question is about clinic sites
0: we have quite a few and shauna's going to help us walk through all of them and how they're different
4: so we're very lucky here at yukon that we have a diversity of training that includes our clinic sites. So we have four clinic sites. The first one being the one that our gracious host Allah is at. That's the VA. And of course, the population there is our veterans. A very important population to make sure that we take care of. We have the Yukon outpatient pavilion that is at the Yukon Health Campus. That has a very good primary care feel. You see a lot of the issues that you'll see if you do want to pursue a career in primary care, we have the St. Francis or Jengers clinic, and the Hartford clinic, also known as adult primary care clinic. Those two clinics are in the heart of Hartford, and they take care of a, a population that often has to face a lot of diversity and inequity, and that also comes with different challenges.
0: Thank you, Sean. Actually, before you go too far, next question is for you as well. It is about your favorite cafeteria. Which hospital has the best one?
4: I wonder why I'm the one who got this question. I don't know. (laughs) (laughs) To be honest, there are specific nuances about every single cafeteria. And I'll get into each one at length for about five minutes per cafeteria. My favorite one is all three of them, to be honest. The Yukon one has a fresh sushi bar and the wrap station there is also very good. I also like the Hartford one because of the variety, and I would say the salad bar is probably the best one there. St. Francis also has a really nice cafeteria. I really like the salad bar there. The grill there is also really good, but the variety at each cafeteria is something that I think is a strength of this program.
0: All right, thank you, Sean. All right, our next question is about having time to cook in residency, which I know some residents may struggle with, but Song is a really good cook, and she'll tell us all about it.
1: Cooking in residency can be very difficult, especially if you're on a call block, where hours sometimes can run long. But I would say there is definitely time to cook, especially on your non-call blocks. It makes it easier now to cook because of subscription services such as HelloFresh, Blue Apron, and CookUnity being able to have these subscriptions delivered to your home and not having to spend too much time to make a decision on what to cook makes it easier and and the cooking is actually more fun and faster as well. So I would say there is time to cook in residency.
0: All right. And our last question directed towards social things to do outside of work. And the best person to ask this would be our social chief. So Song, take it away.
1: So the Hartford area... It's a beautiful area for hiking, canoeing, kayaking as well. You also have your surrounding states and cities. So Boston is about an hour and a half. New York also about a little closer, an hour and a half. Vermont and New Hampshire are also there as well. In Hartford itself, there are multiple different restaurants to try. A lot of residents do hang out in a square called Blueback Square in West Hartford. Say if you're into rock climbing, there are now two rock climbing gyms in the Hartford area. There are multiple bowling alleys as well. And there's always some type of event going on every weekend. Currently, we are in the summer. So there are many movies that are playing outside and outdoor bands as well.
0: All right, that sums up all of our questions individually. But I do have a few more left that are more generalized that I was hoping to get everybody's feedback on. First one being, having gone through three years of training, what would you tell your intern self at the beginning of training?
2: Hey everybody, this is David again. So I think for me, what I wish I had told myself as an intern if I could go back in time was don't give up, keep pushing even when things seem really hard. Turn year is the hardest year of residency. It's a long road and sometimes it feels like that road's never going to end. But if you come to work every day and you try to learn something from each and every one of your patients and really try to take care of the individual outside of the medicine behind it, I think it allows you to have that drive to continue forward. After intern, when you're a resident, and you're a senior, the workload becomes much more manageable. So just push through that first year, and then the remaining two years are a lot better for sure.
0: Thank you, Dave. I will take the next question. What was your favorite part of residency? And for me, hands down, it's the people I got to work with. We have absolutely the best team of residents and faculty, and I really could not have asked for a better group of people to work with. Before we let you go, last question What was that surprised you about residency training?
3: I think the biggest thing that surprised me about residency training was honestly how quickly it goes by. When you start intern year, you think three years is gonna take a long time, but it honestly goes by in the blink of an eye. The days can be long, but collectively the years are short. It's a great experience, so try your best to enjoy every moment of it. Agree with all of this.
0: Our time is up, but we hope we're able to answer some of the questions and give you a better idea of our program. As you start on your respective rotations, please feel free to reach out to any of us. Our doors are always open. Hope you have a wonderful year ahead and you learn from every patient. Thank you everyone for listening. We hope you enjoyed this podcast and we'll see you in next episode.